Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. With or within, when I'm without, baptized in sin, and blessed without, most nights I hardly know myself. Sometimes I feel like someone else. Was right. I ever good enough I've been, uh, been getting out and about a fair amount recently, uh, despite still living in the uh, the United States of COVID-19. Uh, mm-hmm. As I think I... I hinted at last week emily just moved to richmond and so i've been kind of back and forth the last few weekends helping build some furniture and unpack boxes and just kind of you know help with the uh transition and acclimation for harriet uh and and so that means when i come back to maryland i spend a few hours driving up that uh, wondrous thoroughfare known as Interstate 95 North, hmm. uh, yes. which is not wondrous, uh, except in that I continually wonder how on earth a highway could be so fucking terrible. Uh, but well, I, there shouldn't be anybody on there if no one's like going <laughs> to the beach or anything, right? You know, that's what I thought too. And yet, not on this trip, but on the previous trip, uh, I was delayed by over an hour in each direction by multiple car crashes. Uh, And there were roughly, I I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to properly estimate cars on the road, so I may be slightly off, uh, but there were about one billion cars (laughs) on the road. Um, I mean, Sean, Sean they could have all been going. <laughs> it, they could have all been going back to school shopping, for all you know, like because that's still happening, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, do you do you need paper when all your classes are on Zoom? It's hard to say. Uh, but I did on on this trip on my way back. Uh, I had something that I was returning to Nike, and. I live in a particular spot where there's not a Nike store very close by. And I had been in Charlottesville and I tried to go to the Nike store there. Uh, but there was an insane line just like out the door and down the sidewalk. Cause they were having some sort of sale. Uh, and, and so rather than uh, use the printer that I don't have to print a return label, mm-hmm. uh, I, I stopped at Potomac mills mall to return uh, at the Nike store oh, there. Oh, youth. I remember the days of when we would drive over Potomac Mills Mall. How was that, Sean? Uh, I I believe that I texted all of you within, uh, I mean, either right as I was getting back in the car or uh, once I had made it back to Silver Spring. Uh, wow, that was a monstrous hellscape. Hmm. Yeah. 
It's good to, you know, it's it's really good to hear in 2020. This has been a, a tumultuous time, if you will. But I'm glad to hear that uh, Potomac Mills has stayed strong and stayed the same <laughs> for over 25 years. Because um, that's how long I've been going there. Um, yeah, it's it's a str- it's a strange place. Like, even for a mall. Yes. Uh, they used to have, like, like, hardwood floors throughout the whole thing, oh, if I weird. remember correctly. Which is really, really strange. And as uh, Max, you may know if you've ever been to the the mall in Providence, Rhode Island, is the largest carpeted mall in at least on the East Coast. So oh, malls do some strange, oh. strange stuff. Wait, so clarification: you said it's a it's a monstrous hellscape, and in my mind, that could kind of go a few different ways. Are you saying that it was like packed full of people, probably without masks, in that <laughs> sense of just kind of disturbing, or was it like there was few stores open and stores? shuttered almost like a like an abandoned mine town <laughs> or wh- no, what are we talking no, here? not really either of those there i think there were a few places that were were shuttered i just mean uh it's a gigantic sprawled out hard to navigate shopping center Oh, it's a mall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I grew up, look, I I grew up going to a relatively compact mall that mm. I don't think it's very plausible to think that one could get lost in. And yeah. I was oh. going to one store, and again, I'm a 28-year-old man with a college degree working on a, a master's degree, and I kind of got lost Mm. I don't know that I've ever not gotten lost in a mall, <laughs> so, but I've clearly so, never been to a small enough yeah, mall. That's part of the part of the fun. That's yeah. part of the strategy. They want you to get lost. Otherwise, how would you find the third Spencer's gifts? <laughs> so, Sean, you you know you. Uh, it's worth noting here. You grew up in a city. Uh, I mean, you grew up. It, it mean, wasn't yeah. like super densely packed, but you were nominally in a city in the way that. You know, certainly me, um, Kevin to an extent, and Max to an extent. We we grew up in suburbs, and I know for me especially, um, you kind of talked. It was a thing like, which mall did did you go to? Which mall did your family go to? You know, some would you drive all the way to X mall, or would you go to this one because it had the stores? So I mean, getting lost, going to the larger mall, going to the one that had uh, the Nordstrom or or whatever it is you know that was very much a, a thing and you know max asked i think kind of a leading question with is stuff shuttered why is it a hellscape um i think the way malls look and the way they're approached is is quite different you know from from when we were going and i think it's also important that my point of view is based largely on the fact that i can't I can't really easily remember the last time I went to what would qualify like as a true mall. There's a yeah, there's a shop, yeah. there's a center. I guess it's I guess it's a mall uh like around the corner from my apartment, but it's pretty small and is clearly set up. It's one of those that's set up there's like you know, four floors and it's got a just one ring around each floor and so it's really pretty simple to navigate. But like mm-hmm. I don't I mean, it might have been one of the last times that, like, I was going on family beach trips and would, like, go out of the way if there was a rainy day where you really didn't want to go do beach stuff, so, like, go to the outlet mall. Uh, but it it's something that has not been a prominent part of my life for quite a while. Yeah. So, uh, let's, and this seems silly, but but 
defining a mall, I, I think that's important, and it'll play into I think some changes recently, uh, especially in these these you know COVID times. Which is the idea of a mall is it's usually out in in the suburbs at least. It sometimes they're in cities, but it's out in the suburbs, and you have anchor stores, um, which are big department stores. And then you have these interior, smaller shops in the mall, and it's it's usually covered, and it's big walkways and concourses, and uh, maybe a food court or two. Um, and then the whole thing is surrounded by parking, basically, just just endless, you know, lots and lots of uh, parking. Um, but Max, I, I think you did. It's uh, it's I think a foreign term, but I think the term is research. You did some research into malls, maybe coming into this and, and how they're doing. Um, I think you came to stuff and you might have some also anecdotal evidence about how maybe some of those anchors are doing, which is, you know, people's entry into malls are through the anchors, through those department stores. So are they, are they doing well right now? Um, I mean, I think that no, short answer is no, (laughs) they're not. Um, I mean, for one, I don't think malls were doing great pre covid no, um, they, they and weren't. Part of the reason for that is that, like you said, they're anchored by giant department stores that are not doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can get into this, but I would say I'm, I'm sure they're impacted, obviously, by o- online shopping. Is any brick and mortar yes uh, retailer is just not doing great? And then you add COVID to the mix, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I already didn't really want to ever go to a mall again, and now I really don't want to. Um, I did find an article from from June 10th of this year that does suggest that. Um, potentially a third of ma- America's malls will disappear by next year. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think that's a scare headline because I think you could have put that headline up any time in the past 30 years. Um, but I do think that this is sort of a, a different time with a combination of just kind of retailers, brick and mortar retailers struggling in general, and then add in COVID, which is like, hey, what if you could, you know, get all your things in one place and it's like well wait a minute i want to go to now i want to go to 10 different places because i don't want to be in the same building as as sickly people for five hours right and on top of that the idea of what's a place where i can get everything like the department store has been supplanted by the internet and really like we all know who it's been supplanted by but that that i think was the thing that i was I thought about the most as I was walking through Potomac Mills, just like this feels so anachronistic. This feels like mm-hmm. something from a totally bygone era. I mean, the uh, anecdotal evidence from around the country is just like malls are closing. The the mall in Charlottesville is, uh, you know, it's very rapidly dying. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting. I I think that you know you you mentioned. Max now wanting to go to different places because of COVID and and for me I know that's taken multiple forms one is that I don't want to be around giant crowds of people all in one place and the other is that um, what's happening has has put a renewed emphasis I think for me and probably for a lot of people on kind of uh, being a little more thoughtful about how you spend your money and, and using that not just to buy things, but to buy things in a way that supports uh-huh. sellers or creators or, or whatever you want to call it. And so that doesn't 
necessarily uh, that doesn't really you know mm-hmm. mesh so well with what I think of when I think of a mall which is gigantic monument to capitalism where you can get everything mm-hmm. and and to that point when you do think of a mall I'm just going to read a few names of uh, I know we've all been inundated with news here and there so it's probably hard to follow I'm going to read some names of companies that have filed for bankruptcy this year uh, some of them you might be familiar with for being in malls mm-hmm. um, the first one not really that's Dean and DeLuca um, J. Crew, <laughs> Fancy Neiman Marcus J.C. Penny on imports. Uh, C, like the places that sell the, the what is, I don't even know what you call the, that place. Uh, they sell the stuff that gets you suspended from the Brooks NFL. Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Lord and Taylor, and then uh, t- as of today, oh, yeah. uh, Steinmart, which is not in my part of really? the country but is very large. Oh. So it's kind of amazing oh, that yeah. Steinmart stuck around this long. It's like it's like I Southern never heard TJ, it, but apparently it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also, Southern so, TJ Maxx is just TJ Maxx. Becky oh, McGoey, hardcore Maxinista, my friends. Oh, fair, fair, fair enough. Let's give credit. <laughs> the thing credit that I do. find, the thing that kind of surprises me about that list is it seems like it's mostly clothing mm-hmm. companies, and I feel like the only time I ever do want to go to the mall, or even pre-COVID, was to buy clothes because, like, I want to try them on there. And so I feel like, like other places, <clears throat> they um. I feel like, I don't know, people still need clothes during COVID. I guess they don't need nice clothes to go to work in, but I just kind of... You're wondering why Auntie Anne's pretzels isn't on the list? <laughs> yeah, basically. That's See, so so Kevin, it's interesting you mentioned that, and I'm, I'm kind of... There, there's there's a, a, a lot here, but I think that to Sean's point about being more thoughtful, and to your point, Kevin, uh, which is not one I expected from you necessarily, but you're a very efficient purpose and efficient purpose efficient person you act with purpose is what i'm trying to say here (laughs) so i I think for you you know you're you're always thinking about the efficiency of things and like you know why for grocery stores for instance you why would you go to a green grocer and a butcher and this other thing when you can just do it all in one and all the better if you can do it online um, so, so like we don't think anything anymore about like the fact that the grocery store is really a bunch of different stores packed into one. It's been that way for, for half a century, basically. Um, and, and so the mall is, is kind of that, I mean, you have department stores, but it's all these different stores. And why do that when we can just do it online or get it from one online place? On the other hand, you know, being more thoughtful, I do want to, I'm reminded of, there was a New York Times Magazine piece this past weekend about the fashion industry, which is having a lot of issues uh, right now, but it was already having them. And one point that was made and makes me think of the malls is the malls are kind of like a middle person for all of this. Um, for a lot of the, the fashion designers, which might be really small or might be larger, they have these buying seasons and everything where, uh, you know, bigger retailers, not even Nordstrom, but it might be fancy, fancier ones like Neiman Marcus, buy a bunch of stuff from, from a designer but they have clauses such that they can sell it back at the end if they are not able to sell it. So right now, they're getting screwed. But the people who are doing well are the designers who said, screw you, I'm going to open up my own shop, and maybe I have a small storefront, but I'm going to go direct to consumers. Well, you mentioned storefront because you, I think you got halfway there. For, so for, for someone, especially, I mean, I guess especially in the world of fashion and clothing but also just sort of generally you know if you're gonna try to make something and sell it to people 
you can go one of two ways. You can sell it directly to your consumers in some form or fashion, or you can go through a middleman like Sears. Well, never mind. Or J.C. <laughs> Penn. Well, I guess um, Macy's is still around. It. Um, but if you if you are going to sell directly, you still have a choice between like, am I going to focus on online sales because that is the most efficient way to reach my customer or am I going to have a brick and mortar storefront? And so I, I have, I have a feeling that a lot of the, the places that are struggling, particularly after COVID are the places that opted for brick and mortar sales where they not only were, you know, global supply chains interrupted in a way that kind of fucked with every business uh, yeah. but the, your ability to conduct your business in the way that you typically do froze for varying lengths of time, of time in varying places. So, you know, someplace like, I don't know, I think we, we've done a whole pod about like untuck it and it's interesting. I'm, I kind of feel like untuck it may have had an easier time managing through a global pandemic five years ago before they started expanding out into brick and mortar stores where you have to pay rent uh, mm-hmm. and rely on getting foot traffic. So I, I don't, you know, basically there were a lot of, <laughs> there were a lot of different potential pitfalls uh, for, for sellers both in and out of malls this year. Mm-hmm. So, I I guess, but, you know, regardless, I, I think that, you know, that's more individualized, but there's this macro thing of, of these malls, and they do still exist in some way. It's really hard for, whereas you can close a store and turn the yoga studio into a restaurant or vice versa, there is, you know, now dozens and dozens of these in these large, large spaces. Um, you know, Kevin, uh, I'm interested, you mentioned... Uh, you know, being able to go try stuff on, um, but but also in this this world of of everything being online, a lot of places have very robust and and good return policies in in, in everything. Um, I mean, is that is that something that you think is eased now in this era, or do you still uh, you know pine for the option in a mall? Yeah, I a little bit of both. I definitely do. Um shop for clothes online and i do tend to gravitate toward the places that have return policies or brick and mortar stores at malls that i can go return to return in person if i need to like like in sean's experience um but yeah i think that it's that i i kind of feel like the it bothers me because i know that i'm paying somewhere in there i'm paying for the fact that they have this like nice return policy where the shipping's free and the return's free um, but like I, I know that's just kind of part of the the business model. But I, I, I guess when I, I I hate buying clothes, and so I kind of like to say, look, I'm going to spend one day, and I'm just going to go. I want to go to a couple of stores and spend, you know, four hours to come out with some clothes, and then I can like be done with it. And with online shopping for clothes, I 
buy something, I have to wait. I have to try it on, like, oh, this didn't really work. And I have to, like, return it and go to the UPS store and all this stuff. And so I feel like it, and because it's not an enjoyable activity to me, I kind of like having all the places in one spot to go. That's fascinating to me because I am yeah. 100% the opposite. The thought of spending four hours in a mall just, like, I feel like I have ants under my skin. Uh, well, and and I... For me, at least, I think of, well, that trip to the UPS store is probably going to take me half an hour. Maybe an, we'll call it an hour uh, if it's a, a nightmare of a day. But I also have a UPS store across the street from me, so it shouldn't take an hour. Uh, mm-hmm. And it takes a while for the clothes to get to me. But I don't know. I That's just... You know, free time. Where, where the hell do I have to be? So, uh, this this is a point that that I wanted to get to, which is uh, kind of balancing those two things. And and Kevin, when you talk about going to the mall and every and everything, it makes me realize that it is a social experience. You know, there's the 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 mall walkers, which seems like a joke, but that's the thing people really do. And mm-hmm. one thing that our generation didn't really do either, but is an important. I think hallmark of American experience probably for like uh, Gen Xers or, or older millennials is the mall is a social place, a place that you'd go because it has all those things. It has a food court, it has stores, but it, it's it's not just that it is people aren't going there and going online, but transforming the stores into. We learned this week that uh, with J.C. Penney and Sears, those anchors no longer existing, uh, mall owners because someone runs the whole mall and leases all that stuff. Amazon is talking to them about using them as f- fulfillment centers. So not only is this just empty, but it's it's almost an antisocial space because now it is for boxes and for FedEx trucks to come and pick stuff up. So and we not just it, that, but specifically, it's like saying, you know, it's like getting evicted and then finding out two weeks later that the sheriff who served you the eviction notice is living in your fucking house. Yes, and the entrance to the mall, and so presumably there's this stuff inside too. You no longer have that anchor, and you know the big foyers or foyers, whatever, <laughs> um, for for you know that used to be hex for for people who who are hex heads like myself back in the day. Um, you don't get that anymore. You have to go like to the side entrances or whatever, maybe, or you just don't even go. So I, I think that the eviction and the sheriff moved in is is pretty good but that kind of boxes out the idea of it being a social space that you can spend four hours and i mean max we've talked before i think on this about you know you going and your approach to things like i don't know shoe shopping but like that's an experience that we had and it's a memorable one and you go to the mall and the mall is an experience i can't really online shop with you i mean you can look at pictures of airbnbs but that's 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 a very different experience than like going and being like those shoes don't look good in that light or walking around in them and also, you know, stopping and gawking at the people who are doing similar things to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Shopping can definitely be a social experience. I mean, I think of the ultimate social shopping experience, which I've never partaken in, I think though, is like getting a wedding dress where a bunch of usually um, bridesmaids and, and related women get together and like help the bride or potential bride to be, pick out a dress. I mean, it's the ultimate, like, social shopping um, thing. Um, I do think that there's still a lot of 
See, I'm, I'm trying to draw a distinction between malls in general and outlet malls and just, like, plaza strips of stores. Because it feels like there's still plenty of outlet malls and, and strips of storefronts, but maybe because they're so much harder to quantify, it's it's just not as obvious that those are also closing. Um, mm. No, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm with I'll, you. I've been approaching this from the same standpoint where like, I'm thinking more of, like, what every what pretty much everyone, if you asked, would recognize as, oh, yeah, that's a mall. Right. Well, I'm wondering if it's, that, like, did... Oh. A lot of places that have stores in malls, like, and generally malls will have, like, storefront, like, single storefronts in the area. Like, there will be... Like, the LLB might not be in the mall, but it will be in a building, like, next to the mall. And so, I don't know. I still feel like you end up with the same set of stores. It's just some of them end up in the big structure, and some of them just end up right outside of it. Yeah. I guess I'm just wondering if it's, like, is it, is it just the big structure that's fading or is it a lot of those stores I, I i feel like the mall used to be a place where people would go and they could do all their all their shopping in one and, and i don't think people are any less uh willing to go out and go shopping but it almost seems like they're now willing to drive between stores or larger stores have become so large that they they want you to spend even more time there i just i'm not sure so i was i was uh watching a video today on on kind of people who are inclined to conspiracy theories magical thinking if if you will um oh representatives from the state of georgia zing <laughs> um so some of the things that drive those folks and it's understandable it's very it's very primal which is it is fear anxiety and lack of control um those are three words that i would use to describe a mall um, I, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid of what other people are going to do, like not bodily harm, but, but just like the way people drive at malls or the, how they park at malls. And then also in there, you don't want to catch an elbow because someone wanted that thing too. It's silly. Um, there's anxiety associated with that. And a lot of it comes from, you don't know how other people are going to act. You don't want to control in the same way that if you go to, you know, the one store that that is maybe more local to you or is or is pretty controlled is is a boutique shop is is away from the main drag or the hustle and bustle of the mall i mean it might be that that you have a specific store you're going to in the mall but you know that you're gonna have to deal with all the people who are going to spencer gifts for instance like that is a crowd that i maybe don't want to deal with if i'm just trying to buy a new pair of shoes at Allen edmonds or something so uh or johnston and murphy let me be more of of the people there um because i can't i'm not buying Allen edmonds shoes uh it, it's i i think that you you do hit on something which is kind of avoiding that but still i come back to with malls is you kind of have to at this point draw me with the experience it's back to school shopping season right now which i kind of talked to at the beginning that is really not happening but as a kid like being able to go and pick out your backpack that doesn't really work as well on a computer screen or an ipad screen or, or whatever it is so i think that still going to a place like l bean and getting to do that for a kid is is important um, and you know, for us too, as we've gone over, you you guys disagree. I think that was very important in in my upbringing. Important I mean, is just a strange word. Um, it's I think it's it's <laughs> valuable. I mean, you want a kid to go to school with self confidence, and if that's the way you do it, that's the the way you do it. Um, you might not you might not have the same excitement if you just pick something on an iPad screen. But it is I think it is memorable. Um, just like going and taking a picture with Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny at 
and then having those pictures for years later to laugh at or remember how you freaked out about it. That is what draws, I guess, ultimately to the mall or what I think of is like, give me an experience. Otherwise, I can just do this online. Yeah. Do you think the mall ever served as almost like a town center for suburbs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what what else is there? I mean, of course, it's Your HOA meeting. Well, and and it can be, you know, it's gathering. It's a gathering spot, and all you need to know to to say yes is that it was a gathering spot for kind of hubs of people of different generations. You have your mall walkers, you have your teens that are are inclined to go hang out there and and walk around and honestly probably make fun of the mall walkers behind their backs. Uh, you know, families that are out doing their shopping. I absolutely, I I think it's, you know, I I think that's a pretty that's a slam dunk to say that they were kind of town squares and and, and the places, it, you know, in a lot of ways, in the last few decades as American manufacturing has declined, like, you know, you don't really have company towns so much anymore, but like, it seems like a lot of suburbs are sort of built around malls and shopping centers. Yeah. And, and that leads me to think, um, maybe the challenge that is overlooked to these, uh, is they talk about, you know, Walmart and how that, that changed kind of like small towns and the places you go to and the lengths you drive to go get groceries or whatever. Um, I think in some ways, Walmarts, Walmarts and Targets, um, maybe like Sam's Clubs and Costco's to an extent, those might have been as important of disruptors as these online retailers because they kind of challenge you to say like who are you that needs to go all the way to a mall and to go to those fancy stores to get these things that you can probably get at target and walmart um i I, they're different but like you have you have to ask the question it's like do i really need those jeans or can i just go to kohl's something like that because that was that was a lot closer to me than than a mall or any mall that we would want to go to. I would have to drive like thirty minutes to go to a mall with nicer stores. Max, did you see anything in your research about how like the mall Chinese food restaurants are doing? Because that was always like the best sales tactic. The fr- like you get the free <laughs> bite of teriyaki chicken. You're like, oh, let me get like a giant plate of this. I didn't. Um... Hmm. Have to follow up on that one. Not a good time for food court. I don't think they're doing a lot of DoorDash or Postmates or whatever. I would imagine not. I can tell you that the the food court, which was my entrance at Potomac Mills, was very dead. Hmm. Um, yeah. The, uh, there's another interesting thing that's kind of not so much connected to any of this, but Kevin, you mentioned when we were kind of talking about this topic. Uh, that malls are frequently uh, kind of featured in uh, zombie-centric entertainment. And I think there is something to that. Uh, There's a, a video, the humor site Cracked used to have a video series called after hours that uh, was like these scripted kind of uh, almost Seinfeldy sort of 
conversation scenes with four of their writers sitting in a diner and riffing on pop culture stuff. And one of them was about what uh, kind of like what each society's uh, prevailing horror movie tropes are and what they say about that society. And someone made the observation that in the U.S., uh, horror movie tropes often sort of change depending on what party is in power, in political power, and that when Democrats are holding office, then there's maybe a rise in vampire content because the people on the outside making the entertainment see the Democrats as blood-sucking leeches who want to drain everything out of society. But when Republicans hold office, you see zombie movies, and it's a pushback against feeling like society has turned into, you know, a, a thoughtless horde that slowly walks after you and wants your brains. And where where else do you see that more than in the mall where this giant gaggle of people shows up to all go shop at the same stores? And so that's why, like, I, I believe... I believe the example that they use is in uh, Dawn of the Dead. It's either Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living. It's got to be Dawn of the Dead because Night of the Living Dead is like out on a farm. Uh, yeah. A lot of that movie takes place in a mall. So, mm-hmm. just just letting you know, you're not just you're you're not just thinking it. It's real. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's if... what you meant by mall walkers. <laughs> They're like White Walkers, <laughs> but in the mall. Mall, mall spelled M A U L. Well, they they mall they are walkers. they are White Walkers. Yeah. I think if we did have a zombie outbreak, like that probably would still be the best place to go to. They've got everything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, they're just now Amazon fulfillment centers. Yeah. They still have everything. I mean, but, ultimate, ultimately, with with this and malls, and like, if the best thing to do is just make it into a place for zombies to go, or even fake zombies, and we all go play laser tag in it or something. It is real estate, and I think of whatever Lex Luthor in in whatever Superman movie that was, and you know, trying to make the San Andreas fault fall into the ocean, and then he's got all this real estate there. I mean, if this is what the people who own that are are thinking to do, it's like I've got the space; I might as well use it. You know, I, not that I'm particularly sympathetic to them, but they've probably been doing really poorly for a while. And if this is what the next frontier of this space is fine i wish they turn all the parking into grass because that's a lot of asphalt that's so unnecessary but if it's just going to be an amazon fulfillment center uh surrounded by a park i mean just stop pretending it's going to come back i think ultimately that's what i'm thinking of it's it's done we're we're, we're past that go use the space for something else are we going to talk next week about what they're going to do with all the space that used to be uh gyms in the country Oh yeah, oh, Gold Gym uh, filed for bankruptcy too. So did Twenty Four Hour Fitness. Yeah. yeah, I assume my beloved Town Sports International is not far behind. You would think they would be doing pretty well when they keep charging people for money, even when their facilities are all closed. <laughs> uh, that did happen to me. That happened. Gold Gym. Well, that's what the I'm Attorney saying. General got involved. I would think it would be like a, a you know, kind of a, a nice period in the black for gyms. Yeah, they don't have to buy anything, you know. 
Just cleaning supplies? <laughs> Kevin, they didn't buy anything before. <laughs> We've experienced that. I mean, like, you know, if if we haven't mentioned it before, mention it now. Like, there's, there's truly nothing that a, a you know, a, a gym or fitness center wants more than paying customers who never go use the facilities. So All, all I know is we just... Uh... We discussed the idea of ghost kitchens, I think, early this year, maybe late last year, whenever it was. And I think there was a heavy amount of skepticism. Lo and behold, unfortunately, the the founder of Uber looks like he was on to something. And I don't like it. But, um, I mean, space is, space is weird now. I mean, outside yeah. of your apartment, what do you really need? And malls are no exception. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that seems like a, a solid place to wrap up and move on to Pierce's sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Um, so I had I had a couple options, like a short option, a longer option, and uh given given where we're at right now, I'm gonna go the shorter option. And this is one I've I've kinda had sitting here and I, I reflect on a lot. Um so for the longest time I would not buy cling wrap because I didn't think it worked. I thought cling wrap was was stupid, plastic wrap was stupid, it didn't work. Um, well, I, I'm here to tell you that I recently learned that cling wrap is great, but I was just an idiot and didn't know how it worked and that it has to do with, I guess, like tension and just, you know, the heat from, from stretching something over and then it sticks to the outside of whatever container you're using. So, um, I'm, I'm sorry to, to, you know, people I've made food for that would have been better served going in cling wrap covered containers and just, you know, not really not giving money to, to cling wrap, but it would have solved a lot of things if I had just stopped and understood how cling wrap worked. So that was really a boneheaded thing on my part because it's, it's pretty pretty magical. I'm glad you've come to this conclusion. Are you a big cling wrap fan? No, I was making – Sean's head's going to explode. Um, I was making a reference to the, to the Glad company that makes – the most popular oh, oh, brand oh. of cling wrap available. Um, uh, that's I will say, off-brand off-brand cling wrap sometimes doesn't cling, and and little is more frustrating. So, well, yeah. Uh, Max is the one who studied, you know, some thermodynamics and stuff, so I'm sure he had no trouble getting it to work. <laughs> when it when it works right, and it doesn't always work right, it's it's magic. But um. Yeah, it's worth worth giving a try. We've got nothing else to do right now other than learn important skills like how cling wrap works. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then uh, let's let's accept Pierce's apology and close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and uh, I, I uh, we're we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, we had initially planned to do it on Tuesday, but. After making that drive back up from Richmond, I was kind of like dehydrated and, and feeling a little out of it. Um, so we pushed it back a day. And then today I didn't have anything to do. So I thought a brilliant thing to do instead would be to go uh, venture into D.C. and spend, I don't know, four hours just walking. Uh, it's probably not the smartest thing I've ever done. Uh, but it gave me a chance to go kind of cruise around Eastern Market and walk from there back around the front side of the Capitol and, and walk all the way 
to uh, Noma to like the Union Market area, where I concluded my jaunt by going and visiting our old friends at Letary. Uh, because supporting uh, supporting local businesses is good, and cured meats and cheeses on hard rolls with lots of peppers also good uh so you know as far as post dehydration day decisions go maybe not the best as far as day with nothing to do decisions i think it was pretty good so you know (laughs) if you find yourself with the luxury of having a, a day off uh you know the the psychic benefits of getting out of your home and just like being outside and stretching your legs for a while uh truly are uh much realer and much stronger than my younger self uh be- ever believed they were and so uh if you can go find your your version of Letary, maybe it's a bookstore that's open up again. Maybe it's a sub shop somewhere else. Uh, go go pay him a visit. Mine's is a Spencer's gift in my oh, local mall. God. All right. I get. I guess you should do that too. Um. No. Okay. Nobody should do that. <laughs> I mean, you you may not have that much longer where you're able to do that. So, you know, if if for no other reason than nostalgia, maybe go visit the Spencers one time and then say goodbye. Uh, okay, that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the feed on your podcast app device of choice. If you do that, please... Uh, leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.